Welcome to Truth in the Trenches. I'm your host, Rebecca, from Hip Homeschooling, and this podcast is all about education, parenting, and the chaos that often comes along with a homeschooling lifestyle. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I'm so excited to have you here. You guys, it is Sunday night, which means my podcast is going live. Hey, this is a whole week of consistency, so I'm basically, you know, applauding myself over here, which is pathetic. I know. That is how inconsistent I am and how much I absolutely suck at being consistent at anything, at committing to things, at sticking with things. I am a go-getter, not a go-finisher. So anyways, this is a big deal for me. I'm powering through. Okay, so today I am talking to you guys. This episode is all about homeschool failures and you're going to hear my paper rustle because I'm going to move it right in front of me so I'm not turning my head and moving my head. Okay, let's put it right there. There we go. Okay, so homeschool failures. I don't think we talk about this very often. In fact, I don't think we talk about it really often enough. Maybe inside your small inner circles, if you have an inner circle, maybe you're getting together with other homeschool moms and you're sharing some of the things you're struggling with. But I think that we would talk about it a whole lot more if we didn't feel so alone in all of this. And part of the reason that we feel alone is because we're not talking about it. So here's the thing. We all fail all the time, you guys. There's things that come up. I mean, life is not perfect. And so your homeschool is not going to be perfect. It just absolutely cannot be. So here's an example. I'm going to share with you some of the examples of homeschool fails. Um, And I want you guys, here's a little fun activity, a little bit of homework for you. And I'm going to share more about it um, towards the end and what we're going to do with this. But I want you to use the hashtag homeschool fail. And I want you to use that um, on Instagram or on Facebook. It's easier to find on Instagram. but um, And post a picture of something that for you feels like a homeschool fail. Because by sharing and being more honest about this stuff and being able to kind of put a humorous twist on it and have a little bit of fun with it, I think it's going to help all of us feel A, a little less alone, and B, it's going to just help us be a little bit more focused on how we can turn that into a win. And we're going to talk more about that at the end. So here's some examples of homeschool fails. One example of that would be this last week. I would totally deem this last week a homeschool fail. So the example that I have for you is that I sat down and planned five days of school. I mean, it was beautiful. I had all my children's names. They all had their separate notebooks. I had written out all the different assignments that they were going to do every single day. And by the end of the week, are you ready to hear how much we checked off? One day. One day. It was pathetic. It was terrible. I sat there at the end of the week thinking, oh my goodness, we could maybe do it on Saturday. That didn't happen. That just didn't happen. And here's some of the reasons why it did not happen. I had so many deadlines for work that I just absolutely could not put on the back burner. So that has to come 
first. And so I felt so much pressure on me that I just, I had to get some of these things done. Somebody dropped off about four boxes of crab apples at my house, which was totally not anticipated at all. And then I was so inspired by these crab apples that I decided to purchase a big, huge box of plums as well. So what has happened is that this week has turned into processing fruit, which was not on the agenda. Nope, was not happening. So I have been canning, I have been juicing, and I have been dehydrating a whole bunch of fruit, which kind of counts as school if the kids were more involved, but they're not super involved, I gotta be honest with you. I mean, Caleb, my oldest, he was doing some cutting. That's just true, they did some cutting. They filled up my trays for the dehydrator, but they did not help with canning because I would go insane if my children helped me with canning. So those of you who include your children with canning, I just think that you're a super mom. <laughs> so let's just say that right now. Anyways, so I was dehydrating, I was doing a lot. The last thing that I decided to do was that, you know, this brand new house that we purchased in the last however many months since we moved, and the new schoolroom that I custom designed and made a table for and made um, shelving for and painted, and set it all up beautifully, I decided that I couldn't breathe in this schoolroom. It is a small nook, I have to be honest. It is a small little nook of a room, and my table takes up most of the space, so I'm trying to like shimmy on either side of it, trying to get in, trying to get the kids in to get back to my chair that's at the back of the room, and I was just done. I was like, nope, this isn't working for me. We're like two weeks into the school year, and we're gonna rehaul the school room. So that's what I did because sometimes just let's just have a little moment of honesty here. Sometimes you don't know what's going to work or what isn't going to work until you're actually in it. So you need to get in it. You need to kind of get into the rhythm and routine of it and say, Hey, this isn't working for me. And you're going to readjust whether that's your schedule, your routine, or your actual layout or your organization. Anyways, little side run. So that was an example of a homeschool fail. What I would say, if I was going to put a hashtag out there, I'd be like, hey, only did school one day this week, homeschool fail. <laughs> um, some other examples that some other people might think this is a homeschool fail is being disorganized. So for example, that could be being disorganized as far as not having lessons ready, not having anything planned out, not having the sheets that you need, not being able to find the books that you need to use. Everything is a total mess, total disaster, and you can't find anything. And that brings us into another homeschool fail, which can be losing your cool, okay? Getting totally impatient, frustrated, just feeling overwhelmed and like you cannot handle it. And often that's a result of being disorganized or having this pressure or being unable to find anything or you've got to be somewhere and everything in your life is falling to pieces and you feel completely out of control and that you're losing your mind. And then we lose it and then we sit there and we go, wow, I just totally failed as a homeschool mom because I lost it. I just was so frustrated and so overwhelmed and we really didn't get anything accomplished because I was so frustrated and overwhelmed and couldn't find what I needed and we had to run out the door and, you know, anyone been there? I'm hoping that I'm speaking to someone today because I have been all of these people at various different times, which is why I'm talking about them. Um, another one would be your kids are crying. So, you know, you, ha you have a homeschool day and you, you plan out all your lessons and you are organized and you are on top of things and you are trying to be like super patient just super patient and your kids are 
bawling. Why do I have to do this? They're like crying. They don't want to do it. They're giving you a hard time with everything you put in front of them. They're whining and you just feel like what on earth is the point? Yeah? Like seriously, when your kids are acting like that, what is the point? And that is exactly it. There is no point. So if your kids are having a day like that, you might just need a little break. You might need to take the day off, but you will accomplish nothing by pushing through when it's like that. If they are in tears, it's done. Seriously, it is done. And that maybe is like the most important thing you need to take home from today's podcast is that if your kids, if your kids are crying, you need to at least take a break go and take a break because when they're in that place where they are overwhelmed, just like when you are in that place where you are overwhelmed, say your everything is disorganized and a mess and you can't handle it and you whatever fly off the handle or you yell or you just say, okay, we're not doing this today because you can't cope because you're just not in a place. You're not in a place to handle any more being put on you. So we can understand that as moms. But somehow with our kids, we don't have those same, um, that same grace that we have for ourselves because for ourselves, we're feeling it, we're going through it so we can understand it. When our kids are crying, when they are completely unable and they have no more capacity, I tell my kids all the time, I talk to them like they're a cup and I say, you have a certain amount of capacity. And when they're tired, I say, when you are tired, that fills a lot of your cup. And now you don't have very much. It doesn't take very much for you to over, overfill. So for example, you know, your brother says something is mean to you. And normally you'd have a whole cup and you could take a little bit of that. But today, because you're really tired, your cup is almost full already. And so you have no capacity. You can't handle that. And so you immediately are angry or crying or emotional. And so our kids have to have, we have to have that same grace with our children. So if they are crying and they are at the end of themselves and you're like, no, you got to do this lesson. Well, you just got to do it. Then they're not going to be able to handle that. And if they do do it, if they do motor through and do it, chances are, It's not going to be the best work that they could do, and they're not going to remember it. The only overall tone that they're going to take away from that lesson that you motored through was how they were feeling at that time. That's what they were processing. They weren't processing anything else. So that's an important one. Okay, so there are some homeschool fails. And as far as being impatient and losing your cool, I mean, I am pretty careful what I talk about on this podcast or on my blog because I really do try. I really do try to really not yell at all with my children and to be my goal in life. And I'm not saying they're like the perfect model family. Um, You know, everybody has their issues. Everybody's is not perfect. No one's perfect. But when, you know, when you watch like 18 kids and counting or 19 kids or 20 kids or however many kids they got to before the show was done, um, I seriously am like, I just am not Michelle Duggar. I am not. I am not that really soft-spoken, okay, yeah, that's okay, honey. That is not me. Look at me. I'm intense. I'm loud, and I have fun with my kids. I have a ton of fun with my kids, but I also struggle with patience. Oh, man, I said it. I said it, I said it on a podcast. I struggle with patience. And I have to tell you then in, I don't even know how many years have I been doing this, five, six years if you count preschool. In all my time of homeschooling, I have 
always struggled with this, and I can tell you that it does get better. My life homeschooling now, oh my goodness, I thought it was hard when I first started and I had one in kindergarten, and then I thought it was hard when I had two. I had no idea. This is the most insane my life has ever ever been not only my homeschooling for at the same time with the fifth wanting to be involved in everything that we do but I'm working really almost full-time and my house is falling apart and my life is in total shambles we're in renovation mode I mean I seriously sometimes feel like I cannot breathe but the point is is that my life is what it is now total chaos and yet I handle it better now than I did when I only had one child I was homeschooling and I wasn't working so Patience is something that your your own capacity for patience, it grows over time. So those of us who are like, I can't homeschool, I don't have the patience for it, that does, it's like a muscle. The more you use it, the more you have to put up with, the more you, you have to develop more patience. You have to, or else you're just going to go insane. So your options are to become more of a patient person or to go clinically insane and go into an asylum, which, you know, I have considered. But the point is, is that I have gotten a lot better. But that doesn't mean I don't struggle. That doesn't mean that it isn't still a struggle when my kids are whining or when, oh my goodness, five of them are calling my name at the same time. Mom, 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 they all need me all at once. And this person's hitting this person and that person's crying and this person's hungry and my, you know, three-year-old's hanging onto my legs because like, seriously, it's a recipe for me to just be like, oh my goodness, I want to run. I want to go, you know, hide in my room. I need to go to the bathroom. I need to do something that I can have a few seconds where there aren't five people who desperately, desperately need me all at the same time. So being impatient, I think that's a real struggle for a lot of people. And I just want to speak out on that for those of you who might be feeling like that. Here is not that I just want to talk about our homeschool fails or struggles, but I want to talk about how we can put a positive spin on this. And I want to talk about some practical tips and things that you can try that might make a difference today that really aren't going to take you a lot of time. So some of them are if you're waking up in the morning and you're feeling like it's all about routine and schedule and you just cannot get into a schedule and you're not getting everything you need to get done, we really do have enough time in the day. We use that as an excuse. And so I think that the biggest difference for me is when I just do some really simple things. If you're a coffee person, set up your coffee maker the night before. I don't know what it is. I don't know why it makes such a big difference. But coffee is my, it's kind of for me. It's something I really enjoy. It's something that I love. And when I get up and it's already made, I can smell it. It makes me want to get out of bed. And it makes me already happier. Not only because I am pathetically addicted to coffee, but also because it's something that is for me that I don't necessarily have to go and like do work to even make it happen. It's just done. And it's like a treat to wake up and not have to clean it out and fill it with water and, you know, just getting it all ready. It really, it sets my whole day on a better tone when I can get that done. And it takes me two minutes to do the night before. Tidy your kitchen the night before. If you can do it, if you can tidy your kitchen the night before. It makes all the difference. When you walk down those steps, you got nice smell of coffee roasting in the air and your kitchen's clean. You're already more motivated. You feel more on top of things. And at that point, if you have laundry sitting around, I try to the night before gather a whole bunch of laundry, 
don't do anything with it. The next morning, you get up, you walk downstairs, you got a clean kitchen, pour yourself a hot cup of coffee, and go and throw a load of laundry in. And try, 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 even if it's like 10 minutes to get up before your kids. Even if it's just to have a cup of tea or coffee before they get up. Because having a few minutes with a pen and paper, or your Bible, or a book to read, or whatever, just something for you, something to pour into you before you're immediately pouring out into everybody else is so important. And that's another tip that I had was take time for you because you guys, it's one thing to like say, okay, I'm going to like have a bath or I'm going to relax or de-stress. Okay. But there's kind of two different ways in my opinion of taking time. One is to de-stress. Okay. Things that when you're already feeling maxed, what can you do to kind of to kind of get rid of the pressure and the stress that you're facing. And that's a great thing for like mid-afternoon or, you know, around lunchtime, or right after lunch, or even in the evening, right? Things to de-stress. De-stress for bed or de-stress so you can handle the rest of your day. Yeah. But there's another thing that you can do that is a little different because it's not just about getting rid of stress. It's about breathing life into you. And we all have things that breathe life into us. For me, if there are things that I really enjoy just for me, just for me, there are things that, that make me happy. They inspire me. They, they fill me with life because if I go and I teach my kids a lesson and even if I'm, I'm patient and I'm handling it and I'm just teaching them a lesson because I'm being a good mom, it's different than when I'm fulfilling myself and I am doing things that I'm passionate about and excited about. Now, when I go and do that lesson with my kids, it's different. There's a different tone in my voice. I can breathe life into my children. I can inspire my children because I am inspired. I can be creative with my children because I am being creative. Do you see? Do you see how important that is? So, you know, I'm enjoying knitting right now. And I'm trying to make time to do knitting, just to sit down and to do it because it's something just for me. And even if it's a few minutes, it's something that I love that I'm, I'm really enjoying. In fact, all my kids, you watch. You watch what will happen is all of your children are going to see you doing something you're passionate about and it's contagious and they're all going to want to do it with you. So art is another thing that I love. If I sit down and I pull out my journal, my supplies, before long, all my kids are surrounding me doing the same thing. So finding things that breathe life into you, also finding things that de-stress you and making sure you take breaks and are, are making time for that. Eek, I'm going to run out of time here. Um, another option is nature journaling. I encourage you guys, you might be like, I'm not artistic. I'm not Charlotte Mason. I am not into nature journaling at all. And that's fine if you're really not into it. But have you tried it? I just got so many new books on nature journaling and they're actually not as kid friendly as I was hoping, but they're adult friendly and I have never been so inspired in my life. I am so excited about what nature journaling can be and they recommend only doing five minutes a day. I'm like, man, that's so easy. Five minutes a day is nothing and all it is is helping to develop. I mean, yeah, art and writing, those are kind of side things of nature journaling. But all it is really is developing your observation skills and going out in nature and appreciating the world around you. And that in itself is de-stressing for everybody involved. So I invite you, I invite you to join me on my journey of nature journaling for five minutes a day with your kids. 
And for us, we're going to do it after a morning basket. So we're going to sit and do our morning basket. And then we are going to all pack up our stuff and go outside and just five minutes walk around for five minutes first and find something that excites you. And then we're going to sit down and just really quickly sketch it for five minutes. And then we'll go in and we'll find it or identify it or learn more about it. Or, you know, we don't even have to color it in and make it pretty. We can do that later when we're inspired to do so. But just five minutes of nature journaling a day and another option you guys is organizing your life if you really do if you if one of your biggest stresses and the reasons that you feel like you're not able to accomplish what you want to accomplish is because you're disorganized because you can't find things because your schoolroom isn't flowing you know feng shui feng shui I don't know however you say that it's the idea of flowing. You want everything around you to be able to be accessible, to be found. If you've got so much stuff that you can't find what you're looking for, or you just aren't organized, or your kitchen is a mess, and everywhere you step, there's like rice on your feet. Oh my goodness, it's the worst for me. Then maybe you're not going to be able to be productive in your homeschool day until you just get that pressure off you. Because even if you can say, I'm going to go and I'm going to do school, as you're doing that school, you're stressed about all these things that you need to do, whether it's a work deadline or whether it's your house falling apart or whether you got someone coming and you're like trying to get school and cleaning done. Stop and do those things first because you're actually really not going to enjoy it and your kids therefore aren't going to enjoy it. So the last thing I'm going to suggest you guys is to turn it into a win. If you're feeling like you're failing, if you're feeling like you're just having an off day, then how can you turn that into a win? And it might be as simple as like what I said, taking a break. You always want to try to end on a good note, you guys, because the atmosphere is really all about that. Who remembers everything they learned in elementary school, in middle school, in high school even? I remember very little, you guys, very, very, very little. I more or less remember the atmosphere of it. I remember what it was like. I remember learning, sitting in a classroom or going outside or going on field trips or whatever. I remember the atmosphere and the experiences. So you want to try to end it on a good note because our goal at least my goal as a home educator is I want to make learning a way of life. I want to inspire my kids and motivate my kids and show them how fun learning can be. You know, writing, arithmetic, those really are just the backbone for learning so that you can learn about whatever you want to, so you can read about whatever you want to, and so that you can catalog what you're learning about and share it with other people. That's all that is. Reading, writing, and arithmetic is just the backbone of education. So those things are important. There's no question. But my goal is to, that stuff is going to come and we're going to focus on that. But my goal is I want my children to be inspired because if they're not inspired, then they're never going to want to use that backbone to share it with anybody because they're not inspired. So for me and for us and for our family, it might be, you know, taking a break, if the kids are crying, if you're impatient, if you're feeling frustrated, if you feel like you're disorganized, any of those things, then end it on a good note. 
find something fun that you can do together, whether it's nature journaling or whether it's going for a walk or, you know, going out on a field trip. Do something fun together that can end it on a good note and turn it into a win. And so that's your challenge. This week, I want you guys to find something that you would normally say, this is a homeschool fail. And I want you to post it on Instagram if you're on there and use the hashtag homeschool fail. And then what I want you to do is I want you to A, have a little fun with it. And I want you to think of how that could be a homeschool win. So even if you didn't get a lot of school done that week, then think about it and say, okay, this is a homeschool fail. I didn't really get any school done this week. Most people will look at that and say it's failed, but hey, I, I made 12 jars of jam and the kids dehydrated and we went out gardening and we learned about harvesting or whatever, whatever it is that you did that week that you know they were learning that was aside from their books because by the way, that's happening all the time and acknowledge that and turn that, even that failure in your head where you're thinking of yourself like you are a failure, switch that around and think of how that was a win and what you can take from that rather than, rather than putting yourself down for what it wasn't. So that's my encouragement to you guys today is to turn our homeschool failures around and to stop focusing on what we're not doing and start focusing on what we are and what we can do and what we can take from our failures and turn those in. Because without those, without those rough days, we're not going to really identify what's not working for us and how we can improve upon it. So, all right, I've again gone over. I'm sorry. Like, I really do have a goal, and I feel like I'm talking super fast, but it's okay, right? If you're still with me, then you are amazing. So I'm going to end it on this. Um, I'm going to be posting a planner pick on Instagram, but I'm also going to post it on this podcast episode on my blog. So if you go to hiphomeschoolingblog.com and you hit the podcast button on the top menu, you'll see this podcast episode, Homeschool Failures. And if you click on that one, then I'm going to be showing you just a little bit of what organization looks like for me. I'm going to share with you what I did with my homeschool room this week. And I'm going to share with you um, inside my planner. So if you've been considering my homeschool planner, which is also, you'll see it on my homepage, hiphomeschoolingblog.com. I designed a black and white undated homeschool planner that um, I kind of just, just did up out sample week. So you can see what it looks like and how I'm going to be using it to plan our morning basket, how I'm using it to plan our read alouds, how I'm using it to plan all my four children's lessons are all in there. And so I'm going to show that to you. It's color coded. Um, so come and find me on there. And I have a Facebook live this Thursday, all about nature studies. Yay. Who's excited. So if you're on Facebook, come find me there. I'm going to be there Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific and I would love to have you guys on there. And if you are listening to this podcast anytime after, what day is it today? 17th, 18, 19, 20, anytime after the 21st, that is not live anymore. But most Thursdays, you guys, I do go live on Facebook and I would love to have you join me, ask me questions and just get to know you guys a little bit more personally. So there you have it. I'm going to log off before I continue talking because I could do that. You know, I could, I'm a talker and I hope you guys have an awesome, awesome start to your week because hopefully you're listening to this on Monday. It's Monday, which means it's a fresh start, you guys. So don't think about last week. Don't think about the week before that. It's a new week and you are going to have new and different successes and new and different wins. So I'm excited to see what you guys come up with and I can't wait to find what you're posting on Instagram. Talk to you guys on Thursday.
Well, there you have it. Ramps from my chaos to yours. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget that you can find me on my blog at hiphomeschoolingblog.com. I'm also on Instagram as hiphomeschooling. I'm on Pinterest as hhomeschooling. And I am on Facebook, which is where I am the most active. And you can find me there at hiphomeschoolingblog. So make sure to come and find me, reach out, send me a message, send me an email, and check out my blog for more homeschool encouragement and resources and information to help you on your journey.